This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. Of course, the hockey playoffs are going. The first round is, well, we're in the thick of it. The exception of the Colorado Avalanche, who moved on last night, the only team to sweep in the first round. Everything else... I mean, everything else, it seems like, is two to two. And so we'll bring in our hockey expert, Nate Lundy. You can follow him on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. How's it going, Nate? It's good. Uh, Obviously, you and I sit here uh, in the Denver area, so people in a good mood with the Avs uh, moving on. But you're right. I mean, with the exception of uh, Pittsburgh and the Rangers, who will battle tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's sitting two to two, which, uh, you know, you and I have said it many times. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. They are so much fun. They're so exciting. Um, an eight seed can can win it. A seven can. It's just it, it, it's a ton of fun. And that is being evident in how these series are stacked up so far. Yeah, obviously, it, it has been a, a good first round when the majority of these series. Yeah, one's a sweep. One's three to one. Everybody else. The other six, all two to two. So tight matchups across the board, uh, including, by the way, the ones we'll talk about today as we look at this on the, on Tuesday, May 10th. The four we're going through. Yep. All two to two. So trying to find opportunities in there will be a lot of fun. Why don't we dive right into it with Carolina hosting Boston tonight? The uh, the earlier game, Carolina a favorite, not a heavy one at a minus one thirty on the money line. Obviously, you would expect that to level out when a series is two to two. Yeah, exactly. When you're going to see that, um, you know, you're you're going to see some pretty tight lines, um, you know, and in fact, really, it's it's been that avalanche series that has been primarily where we've seen some big numbers. We'll see another big number coming up when we talk about Edmonton and the Kings um, a, a little later on in the podcast. But you're right. You're seeing, um, you know, Carolina, you know, relatively middle of the pack, uh, you know, over at DraftKings, they're actually at a minus 150. Um, it, in truth, Sean, this is one that I'm actually struggling with my pick. I will tell you that I'm leaning toward Carolina. But when I see Boston with what they have done and that they sit on the money line right now at DK at a plus 130, I feel like there's some value there in a yeah. series so far that has just gone home and home. Carolina won the first two games at home. Boston turned around and won their two games uh, in New England. Now they turn around and go back to Raleigh. And, you know, it's it's just really been holding serve at this point with the home team. But, you know, Boston has surprised me. I actually really thought this was going to be a series that Carolina had an opportunity to close out in five or six. You and I have commented on the Canes a lot over yeah. the course of Sticks and Stacks that we thought they were a very uh, a balanced team, a very strong team, both offensively and defensively. And yet here Boston's hanging with them. So my my lean is to the minus 150 on the money line with Carolina, but I really don't like that money line. So there's part of me that says, you know, maybe it's worth it to do a half a unit to see if Boston can break this home ice advantage that's happened in the first four games. It does feel like if there's a time to to go with the underdog, just because, look, the lines sometimes can dictate what you do. And, and you have to be careful. You may not do, like you're saying, a half a unit. It, it may not be a situation where you put everything on it the same, but it turns out that, you know, your return for the favorite uh, isn't obviously nearly as good as your return for the underdog. And if it's really a coin toss type of game, which it appears to be, well, you might as well take the one that gives you the better chance of success. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I actually agree with you top to bottom. I, I would lean Carolina, but honestly, if you were to ask me to place a bet on the money line, I would probably do it 
on Boston, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the over. This is one of those situations that uh, the hook is not there, and I kind of like that. The over-under sits at six over at DraftKings, and it's even money for the over. Well, Nate, they have played four games. The lowest has been six. The lowest has been six. Yeah. So you, that six in a, uh, kind of protects you in case it hits six. You, you don't lose. I get it. You don't win, but you don't lose either. Uh, as long as they hit what they've been doing, you will break even or you'll be able to win that. And I don't see any reason why it should change. You've played two in, in each barn and, and they've obviously hit that six total every single time. Goals are up across the uh, the league for the playoffs by quite a bit. I think that's a good thing for viewership, for interest. I think people like goals. I think they like knowing that leads aren't necessarily safe. It makes for entertaining hockey. But it also makes me think that a six and an over-under nowadays is kind of might be on the low side. So I will take an even money on an over six tonight with that game. Yeah, no, I, I think you're on to something, and we're going to talk about some overs coming up in these next couple of games. But, um, you know, you see what their scoring has been so far, and, and you're right. They have been um, they've been at six or at seven um, in those first four games. So not a bad idea to, to maybe look at the total when you've got a game like this where you're not really feeling good about the money line. Yeah, I, I think that and it is really kind of a tricky money line because we don't really know. We're, we're trying to learn things about these first for, you know, four games in these series and the things you learn are, are, are useful, but they might not be, uh, they could be a mirage too. This is so early in the, in the playoffs that you don't necessarily know yet. Well, now we'll move on to Toronto where you get the two uh, healthiest teams, by the way, in the playoffs. Neither of these teams have anybody significant on the injury report. So you are getting them at a maximum power. Essentially, it will be the lightning going to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Another two, two series, another surprise, probably that it is two, two. This one, Nate, I look at, I'll, I'll get right ahead of it. Spoiler alert. The lightning are a plus one Oh five on the money line. Mm, yes, please. All right. Well, I, I, <laughs> I actually think the Leafs may protect themselves at home. We will see, but this is one that I'm kind of uh, the same way you were talking about with Boston and, and Carolina. Uh, this is a, a series that there have been plenty of goals. In fact, if you go back to the first uh, game in the series, Toronto, of course, shut out Tampa five to nothing. Um, that's really the only thing that prevented uh, the over was the fact that the lightning couldn't find the back of the net because otherwise the totals for the three games since have been eight, seven and 10 is what it was on Sunday with the seven to three final. So I am going to take the over that both goaltenders have not looked great. Um, you know, we know how good Andre Vasilevsky is, but I mean, really just things have not looked great. Uh, for Tampa. And if Toronto wants to get out of this first round, which, you know, the fan base, everybody in Toronto is going to lose their minds if the Leafs lose again um, in the playoffs. But Jack Campbell really needs to step up. If you go back to game one, looked fantastic, had that shutout that I was just talking about and held Tampa uh, out of out of the net, but then gave up five goals, gave up two goals and then got pulled on Sunday uh, after giving up five goals on right about, I think, 15 or 16 shots, and then he got pulled. And, and, and Campbell had been so good all season long that I don't know if there is some pressure starting to mount a little bit on this idea of, you know, oh, shoot, you know, Toronto's got to find a way to get out of the first round. I don't know if it's just that talent that Tampa has because we know how good the Lightning are. That's why they are back-to-back. Um, but Tampa's been inconsistent. They looked awful in Game 1. They really didn't look very good in Game 3. And yet in Games 2 and 4, they looked like the defending Stanley Cup champions. So, 
Uh, this is a series that I just I don't know what I trust. I know you like the idea of Tampa at plus money uh, on the road. I think if Jack Campbell can get back to what he looked like in game one, um, maybe play off of that home crowd, that that's going to help him. But because of the inconsistency, the thing that I do know that's been consistent is goal scoring. So I'm going to take the over. That makes a lot of sense, obviously. I mean, you're talking about the tremendous amount of goals in these series. Uh, give me another one, I guess. I'll give you one player prop that I like. Uh, you're looking at those leading goal scorers and thinking, okay, who's going to get some points? Who's going to carry the weight? Oddly, Steven Stamkos has not been shooting. He has seven shots total in four games. If you think that's going to continue, you can actually get an under two and a half for a plus 120 over at DraftKings. I don't hate it, but it does feel a bit risky to, to look at a guy like Stamkos who's got 42 goals and figure he won't even shoot three times, even though it's actually only happened once in the last game. But I do like Austin Matthews, and yeah, you'll pay a little bit of juice, but the over-under on shots for him is four and a half at a minus 110. There's been a pretty consistent setup in this case. When they win, he's been shooting more than that. When they lose and get into a little bit of an issue where they're chasing, Matthews is not shooting as well. I think that at home, with that kind of energy in a game, uh, quite frankly, that they need to win. This is a game five. I mean, both teams want this one bad. The number of uh, the odds go up pretty dramatically if you win game five in a 2-2 series. So I like Austin Matthews on that over four and a half shots for a minus 110-2. I don't love the Stamkos one just because it's hard for me to believe that in a game that important, Steven Stamkos is going to shoot fewer than three times. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and actually, if I can correlate with a bet that I did yesterday, um, and that was Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars. Um, Pavelski um, led Dallas with 54 assists this season. Well, in the first three games against Calgary, he did not have a single apple, not a single assist. And so last night I found uh, I found pretty good odds on him to finally get an assist. It was plus odds because I thought, you know what, eventually the regular season version of Pavelski is going to show his face here. Um, And sure enough, he did. He got an assist last night. So you're right. Sometimes uh, when you're looking at these player props, you can find. Um, some correlation where you can say, okay, wait a minute, here's what this guy did over the course of an 82 game regular season. Here's what he's done so far in the playoffs. Like at some point, things are going to catch up either good or bad uh, in his, in in his particular favor. And so I think you're onto it when you talk about some of these other players, especially star players, which certainly Pavelski is. Yeah, that's that's obviously going to be a, a, one of the kind of props that I like. I've, I've really enjoyed the the shot total props actually more than any one. But you're right. A couple of the assists are good. Power play points are a good one, depending on the teams that you're playing. Or uh, then you have, well, this game, the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Nate, I have no idea what to make of this series. These are two tough teams. Uh, they are teams that, that play in the middle of the ice, that they knock you around. And despite that, all four of these games have been blowouts. The Blues in game one shut out the Wild 4-0. The Wild bounced back and beat the Blues 6-2 in game two. Then the Wild, the Wild take another one 5-1. You figure the Wild are about to turn it on for the series? Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. Blues come back in game four and knock them off 5-2. The three-goal gap. That's the closest game they've played. What is happening? 
Yeah, it, you're exactly right. And we're talking about teams that have been very Jekyll and Hyde, very back and forth. And so this kind of brings me back to the conversation we just had about Tampa and Toronto, about some of the unpredictability there. Um, obviously, as I said, as we talked to the very top, Boston and Carolina doing uh, the home ice advantage uh, where no one has uh, the away team is not won yet. This is another game, though, Sean, that I'm going to look at the total in it. And so, yes, the first game was four to nothing, but very similar to Tampa and Toronto. You're talking about that game being the one that didn't hit the six simply because Minnesota couldn't find the back of the net. Um, and that certainly has, has changed in these last three games. So this is another one that I'm going to look at the over. A couple of reasons why. Okay, so we're talking about eight, six, and seven. Those were the goal totals outside of game one where it was four to nothing. But in the regular season, Sean, these teams played three times. Their goal totals, 10, 7, and 11 is what they total during the regular season. So I think we're going to continue to see scoring just as we have in the last three where it's gone eight, six, and seven. So I'm going to take the over on the six and a half. However, if you decided that you wanted to, you know, maybe make a, a, a same game parlay out of this game and perhaps bring that total down, um, within the same game parlay. I wouldn't fault you on that one, but I definitely like the over um, in this one. And then a player prop that I like just because minus 135, yeah, it's a little bit of juice, but it's not that bad. And that's for Ryan Hartman to have a point um, in this game. So far through the first four games, he has five assists. So he's averaging better than a point a game. In the regular season, he was fourth on the team in points with 65. Um, again, a guy that is consistently a part of the scoring plays. So when I look at Hartman, um, and it's only a minus 135, I'm willing to pay that juice for him to be a part of yet another goal because it correlates, right? I, I think we're going to see a high-scoring game, and therefore I want to go find player props that I can profit on. Makes a lot of sense to me. The Wild, in this case, are the, to my mind, they're the better team and they're at home. So I, I think they are going to win this game, but I don't want to pay that minus 150 on there. On the bright side, because uh, these games have been, or these series have been reasonably close, there's a very big gap on the 60 minute line over at DraftKings. You can get the Wild at a plus 110. That's a, a home favorite at a plus 110, as long as this game doesn't go to overtime. As I mentioned, the closest game of the series is a three goal gap now maybe that means tonight it all changes but i'm more than happy to go with plus money on a home favorite in minnesota to win this one in regulation at, a, at that's a, an easy one for me to pick so i'll go that route and i think you could do that sean and i'll tell you what i it wouldn't maybe even just a quarter of a unit depending upon how you do your bets uh, the final two regular season games between these two teams both went to overtime and it's plus 3.30 right. for us to wind up in overtime. So I like what you're looking at with the 60-minute line, but it also could be worth, you know, for example, if, if your normal unit is 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 $20, but maybe you put five on the idea that this game winds up going to overtime. Because to your point, these have been wide spreads in the first four games. We're probably due for these two teams to play a tight one. Yeah, and I, 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 that's always a smart way of doing things. I know that for a lot of bettors, that can be a difficult strategy is how do you go ahead and, and hedge some of your bets? But in this case, like if you're looking at the Wild and they're plus 110, you already know that you're more or less ahead of the game if they win. If they win in regulation, you win. You get even more than your stake back. So why not go ahead and 
get a little bit of insurance. And, and like you're saying, don't put another full unit on it, put like a quarter of that on it just to yeah. cover yourself in case it does go to overtime. And because of the plus 330, you actually end up ahead there as well, even though you risk less of a stake. So then basically you're a winner if it goes to overtime at all or the wild wins, as long as you spread out your units so the, so the payout ends up being even and you don't cut into your wins either way and that's always uh, one of the challenges but if you do the math right that's obviously something you can put together a little more uh time consuming that's not the one you, you just go ahead and and flip through with your phone and hit one on your thumb and go you have to think about it a little bit yes there will be math that's well that's really all this is is math isn't it nate yes, absolutely <laughs> in, in so, the end it's all math and, and keep in mind even though these two teams have each have split here so far in terms of the home ice. They've each won on each other's home ice. Minnesota had the second best home record in the Western Conference behind only the Colorado Avalanche. So the Wild played extremely well at home. Um, so like like you were talking about, you know, we're looking at the 60-minute line. Maybe it goes to OT, but keep in mind, Minnesota, very, very good at home this year. Yes, and they do have Marc-Andre Fleury, who's you've talked about Jekyll and Hyde. He's been that way in the first four games of these series but if you're going to take a guess uh, well i'll take a guess on the future hall of famer I'll, I'll probably pick him to play better rather than worse that brings us to the last one tonight uh, as nate you mentioned correctly the biggest one-sided at least when it comes to the money line contest of the night the edmonton oilers hosting the la kings this series uh, is surprisingly two to two but the oilers except for game four oddly have not had a problem putting goals on net get this in the first three games the oilers had 18 or pardon me had 17 goals in their first three games and then were shut out in game four so that's a little weird uh, but i have a feeling things will uh, go back to normal in this game i'm really thinking that edmonton's going to have their foot on the gas yeah i i really think so sean and i think that's why you see such a widespread on the uh, on the money line for tonight, why Edmonton is such a heavy favorite um, at home. I think that you know the the odds makers at the very least are are not giving. Uh, I, I, they're kind of looking at that four nothing contest on Sunday as a bit of an anomaly um, in this. They they expect much more scoring out of Edmonton. They certainly expect that out of Edmonton at home. They have the firepower to be able to um, to do it without a doubt, including. Um, you know, the guy that has really been a, a lot of fun to bet on from a player prop standpoint, and that's Evander Kane. Um, he has been cashing a lot of tickets for me just in terms of his overall performance, his shots on goal. He has been a guy that I've really uh, zeroed in on. Um, and so I like Edmonton in this, but obviously I don't like where it's at um, on the particular money line. And so this is one, Sean, similar to what you were just talking about in Minnesota. Um, I'm going to lean towards Edmonton in regulation in this one, which brings that juice down to a minus 125. Yep, I can see that. I'm going to go back to the uh, the player props in this one, and I'm going to look at power play points. So whether a goal or an assist gets it for you, well, the guy when it comes to points, Connor McDavid, after a 123-point season, he just needs a point. Goal, assist, however you get it, and it's a plus 105. I feel coming back from a game which they're shut out, uh, Edmonton's going to score tonight, and I suspect they'll score a lot. I like the idea of taking the best scorer in all of hockey and going ahead and getting plus money on him to get a point on that power play. So that's the route I'm going to go. If you had to go by points, 
to get an idea how strongly they think he's going to score uh, over at DraftKings, you'd have to get a uh, he has to get over one and a half points. So two points on the night. And even that is a minus one twenty. So no, thank you. I'll get yeah. the plus money on just anything on a power play for Connor McDavid. Yeah, I like that one. And I and I brought up uh, Evander Kane. He's as I said, he's a guy that I've done a lot of player props on towards the end of the the season and then on into um, the uh, the postseason here so far. Um, But through the first four games, Sean, of this series, Evander Kane has 22 shots on goal. The next closest oiler has 13, just to give you an idea of how much Kane is peppering the net with shots. And so his over under on shots on goal for tonight at DraftKings is at three and a half. And it's only it's standard juice. It's a minus 110 as of when we're recording. Here's his game log. Five, three, nine and five. So he has been over that three and a half number in all but one game. And that one game was the six, nothing just, you know, spanking that they gave to the Kings where he really didn't need to continue to pepper those shots. So obviously he had the hat trick uh, in Friday night's game. um, And while I'm not expecting that out of him, he did not have any points in the game on Sunday, no goals, no assists, but he continued to shoot the shots um, so I really like his shots prop at three and a half. And again, right as of right now, as of tape time, it's standard juice at a minus 110. Yeah, I like that as well. I don't think that, uh, in fact, that almost feels like a number that's wrong. <laughs> you know, yep. you don't you don't love paying juice, but for that, you're like, wait a minute. He's been under that one time in the series, and it was by a half shot? Mm, okay. Also, he has scored a power play goal in this series. If you go to those power play points where it's plus 105 for McDavid at point zero five in the over, so just get anything. For Kane, it's a plus 425 if he were to get anything on the power play. Also worth noting in that regard, uh, Leon Dreisaitl is a plus 110 for anything, and what if you're looking at, like I was looking at McDavid, well, McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, on the same line. So it's not impossible that both of them could hit on the exact same goal as well. So a couple opportunities there. But you know, when you mentioned it with Kane, I'm like, eh, plus 425 for a power play point? Yeah, that's a quarter unit for me. I, I can live with that because he has been crazy hot. Five goals in four games. Uh, he's, he's doing something special. And it's because the focus has been on that top line. Uh, defensively, and now when, when Kane's line comes out there, he has an opportunity to go ahead and play aggressive and, and get points on the board. So it's been really interesting to watch uh, his play in this series in particular. Yeah, he's been he's been great, and and like I said, highlighted on Friday by his hat trick. Yeah, obviously he was dominant, dominant in that game. So we shall find out uh, tonight. Obviously, uh, these these series will all be untied tonight. Somebody's going to be on the cusp of moving on after each one of them, which makes it really entertaining hockey. And it gives us a lot more data, by the way, that when we come back at this later in the week, we may be able to use as well, because that's what we're looking for. A little more data, a little more of understanding of how these games are coming along. And we'll get a very good look at it tonight. So. So that's what we do here at Sticks and Stacks. We take a look at all of these opportunities. Also, keep in mind, do baseball here as well with Jen Piacenti out in California. Take a, a look at all of what's going on there, too, if it has a, well, a stick, right? See, hockey sticks, bats. I mean, it's not that clever, but you get the idea. That's what we do right here. Nate, thanks for all the insight. Looking forward to tackling this again in a couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. As we continue to, you know, we've got we've got Colorado already waiting in the second round, but everybody else still has a lot of work to do. Yes, absolutely. And uh, that means more opportunities for us, more games, more fun. 
For Nate Lundy, I'm Sean Jurtar. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.